Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's a cultural wasteland filled with inappropriate metaphors and an unrealistic portrayal of life created by the liberal media elite. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Off play action. Keenan to the back of the end zone. Diggs comes down with it. Touchdown. Controlled it. Both feet in. Beats Hawkins. And they go 68 yards in five plays. You know, Doogie, that was my uh, first ever trip to Lambeau Field the other night. I've been there both sober and as a working media member. <laughs> and I've also been and there otherwise? incredibly, yeah, unsober, non-sober. <laughs> By the way, my headphones just busted out, so let me fix my headphones. Oh, that's a let me see com- if I can common occurrence. Common occurrence. Yeah, I was thrown for a loop there. But yeah, no, I've been there. Heck, I was there January 20th. This isn't like Rain Man-like. January 20th happens to be my birthday. So January 20th, 2008, Giants-Packers, Brett Favre's last game as a Packer, 25 below. That's when I knew, right then and there, Mrs. Wolfson was destined to be Mrs. Wolfson. She was a trooper. You know, she had to go to the bathroom a couple times to warm up, but we stumbled into tickets through a friend. It was a last-second sort of deal. It was a 5.30 kickoff, so we just left on that Sunday morning, made the trek, you know, did the tailgating, knew some friends that were going to the game, then ended up driving back right after. But she was a trooper. That's when I knew right then and there, Laura was the future Mrs. Wolfson. So uh, how long had you been together when you made this trip? Was this like really early on? Three and a half years. And she was oh, also okay. a trooper. Right. You know, it took you three heck, and a half years yeah, to figure out she was Mrs. Yeah, Wolfson? Well, no, I, I knew it actually. It was the summer of 06 or 07. We were actually in Boston for a Red Sox Indian series. It was the hottest, most humid it had been in Boston history going back like 25 years. It was like, you know, heat index of 115. I mean, it was just, you were dripping sitting in the stands. She was a trooper. So the complete opposite of being in minus 25 degree weather, NFC Championship game 2008, it was the year prior at Fenway Park. So that's when I really, really knew. But then just seeing the other side of it, you know, just her going along with the punches, you know, not complaining. That's when you really, really knew. So you made your uh, life partner decision based on her ability to handle temperature variation, basically. Well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and her ability to attend a sporting event and not overly complain. Oh, <laughs> How about that? Well, um, I guess... It- it was see, I, I think I uh, knew that uh, well, her name is still the same, but my wife was going to be that uh, earlier than that, I think. 
just, uh, uh, well, maybe not wife status, but I will Mm -hmm. tell you, and then we'll get back to uh, 2018 sports predictions here. But I will tell you the... Um, well, you need to tell me the Lambo story, too, about how Judd took you guys like 45 minutes in the oh, wrong yeah, direction. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, don't you know, let so you me, can keep going on your first trip to Lambo because if you haven't that. been to Lambo, you need to go, whether it's, you know, whether in your case working, media member, or just as a fan. I mean, if you have a chance, you have to go. Okay, don't let me forget that. But yeah. I will tell you the first sort of uh, social interaction between my wife and I, uh, I was making fun of her. She played college basketball. So I was making fun of her. I was talking a little trash. Like, oh, you, you're probably a fundamental player, but not very talented, right? Or something. You know, the stupid things people say about women's basketball. Oh, well, I guess they're a little more fundamental. Like, yeah, okay, go to a game. They're pretty good. Um, but anyway, so I was making fun of her. So she challenged me to play one-on-one. And I expected that I was going to show up to, like, uh, some scene from Love and Basketball, right? I thought, like, all right, she's going to get all sports sexy here, right? You know, sports bra. Or and you have to let her great. win. Uh, yeah, well, so she showed up in ankle braces, like, <laughs> I mean, a bit, just a big white T-shirt, like long basketball shorts. The Horace Grant goggles? Yeah, more or less. And I was like, all right, let's ball. Like, let's go. <laughs> and then she is a vicious competitor. And she was using elbows, and she was battling. She's backing me down with moves. And I was like, all right, all right, I like this. Like, this is this is my kind of lady. My Somebody who competes, didn't show up to get a man. She showed up to win. And I, I like that a lot. I won, by the way. But still. Was it competitive at least? Oh, it was very competitive. It was very close. She's excellent, but just not as quick. She was a she was a center power forward. So like the footwork, she was wasn't gonna be as as fast. So you beat her off the dribble. And basically, yeah, beat her you off the dribble. You took advantage of her weaknesses. Uh, but she she will grind you in the paint. And to this day, we can't really play one on one. Because she will compete so hard and get mad at me and get physical and use the elbows. And I'm like, I'm old now. Stop. <laughs> You're like, I can't you can use the elbows, contact. but just not on the basketball court. <laughs> right. Yes, right. So um, uh, in Wisconsin, we got lost because of Judd. Now, here's what makes this bad. I can see how anyone could get lost in Wisconsin. No. It's Wisconsin. The man lived there for how long? That's right. That's the problem. That's what was upsetting. He lived there, covered the team for two years. And he decided he was too good for the phone GPS. And we're driving and driving and driving. He shouldn't need the phone GPS. Do you know how many times he's made that drive? And he misses some interchange. And then we stop at a gas station because it doesn't look familiar anymore. And he's like, oh, we got to get back to 29. And uh, so how do we do that? He asks some person at the gas station. They go, (laughs) 29, man, I don't know. Like, how far did you take me if the people at the gas station don't even know where the main road is? (sighs) So it was about... 45 minutes the wrong way. So that means we got to go back another 45 minutes. And is this like at 3 in the morning, 2 in the morning? Did you guys work and then leave late Saturday? No, we stayed over. So it was in daylight, thank God, because of what came next, which was we... The phone, we put it in the phone because I'm like, I'm demanding phone this time. Don't don't, don't listen to that cheese maker back there at the uh, gas station like let's let's use the phone the phone takes us through back roads of rural wisconsin where we're talking about one car single lane mm-hmm. it starts snowing and i'm just assuming i'm going to die texting the wife all right well i'm dead so carry on without me raise the dog to be a good poop so you let him continue to drive so after he takes you in the wrong direction 
See, at that point, Matthew, I would have been like, well, I was give navigating. me the keys. I was navigating. No, no, I would have been like, I'm driving. Judd, you screwed this up already. Give me the keys. You sit in the passenger seat. Well, and to make matters worse, we had left really early. So we had only gotten like two, three hours of sleep because we had, you know, done all our work. And then we mm-hmm. left real early because I wanted to get back in time for open locker room out of Winter Park. Which I did not get to because we were late. So like we could have slept in. We could have slept. We could have had breakfast. They had uh, mangoes downstairs. It would have been great. And now instead, we ran right out of there to get back to Winter Park, and we end up being late. But Judd and I survived it. My navigation skills got us through, and it was kind of funny because I grew up back in New York in a town that looks like Wisconsin. I mean, it's. I graduated high school with 50 or 60 people. It's really small. And so Judd's like, oh, there's this one road. This, well, where do I drive when another car's coming at me? I'm like, speed up. It's fine. A cow might jump out in front of you, but other than that, just go. So that it was uh, that was more entertaining than the game was. The game was boring. I mean, that was not a real pleasing game to watch. No. If you're a Vikings fan, hey, take the victory. Take the first shutout since, what, 1993. But... That was a boring game. It actually looked from TV, though, as if a number of Vikings fans made the trip. Now, if you were a smart Packers fan, you sold your tickets, right? Like, the game meant nothing. If you had a chance to pay for multiple games, why not sell? But then I'm sure there's enough hardcore Packers fans that just couldn't stomach the idea of selling your tickets to a Vikings fan. Dave, uh, I noticed your mic was open because I heard the phone ring. Did you have something on Judd getting lost? Yes, I'm glad that phone was plenty loud. Uh, oh was my- that Judd right now somewhere on the roads lost? Uh, unless he sounds like a female robocall. No, it was not him. But uh, were you driving one of your vehicles or a station vehicle is my first question. No, it was Judd's car. Oh, dang it. I was really hoping it was nice, nicely wrapped in the 1500 ESPN logo and you're lost <laughs> in the middle of uh, in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin, trying to find your way back home. Tune in, everyone. We've got podcasts as well. <laughs> you had no problem getting to Lambo, though? Oh, no, getting to Lambeau was a breeze. It was fine. The, the weather. The you just was, couldn't backtrack. Well, when it started and when it started snowing a little bit in Wisconsin, it was like, oh, man, this is just this is going to go sideways really fast. But it all turned out OK. And, uh, you know, I would say to Lambeau, I was like, yeah, OK, this is pretty cool. The bleachers is like a really unique look. You just don't see that anymore. It didn't give me chills. Do you guys ever like ever go to a stadium where you're like, whoa, I am feeling the aura right now. With um, Dodger Stadium, you can park up sort of on the top. So where you walk in, you look down on the stadium in the Chavez Ravine, and it's like, whoa, this is really a scene. Mm-hmm. The big house in Ann Arbor, Michigan football is the I, same not way. Been there, but yeah. You know, and just being a baseball guy, you know, the first time I walked into Fenway, you know, or Wrigley Field. Same sort of deal. I don't know if there's a football stadium as great as Lambeau is. I mean, I already made the recommendation. If you haven't been there as a fan, you need to go. I'm with you. It doesn't quite have that aura about it for whatever reason. I'll recommend that you stay away from Lambeau. I've been once Vikings Packers back in the McNabb Ponder era. I thought it sucked. As a, going as a fan? Yes. I thought it was no better than any other football t- uh, stadium. And the fact that you have to sit on a bench and what's just essentially a giant bowl, I, I didn't really see what was exciting about it other than uh, you know, frozen tundra, blah, blah, blah. Maybe maybe NFL stadiums just can't be that unique in, in general, and that's part of the problem? I, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, I think they can. I mean, I think it's the new school of whether it's Dallas or even at U.S. Bank Stadium, you know, the club. 
that the players walk through to get to the locker room. If you oh, happen yeah. to get access, yeah. yep. if you're That's willing crazy. to pay thousands of dollars, you know, or the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta, you know, the nooks and crannies of of these new indoor stadiums. You know, I think that's that's the new thing. But yeah, I mean, whether it's Arrowhead or Lambeau, you know, or any number of other, you know, old school type stadiums, I'm with you. I don't know if that aura exists where you walk in and you're like, oh my God. Yeah, maybe part of it is just that uh, football and history, it's just not the same as baseball and history, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah, the new Yankee Stadium, unfortunately, I never got to the old one. The new Yankee Stadium didn't give me anything. It was just like, oh, this is kind of plasticky and kind of boring. Um, Fenway Park is certainly like that. When you walk in, you just start to envision all the things that happen there. And I guess I just didn't have that same sense. I mean, maybe it's because I was working and not doing it as a vacation. But I felt the same thing with, I mean, Pittsburgh Stadium isn't old. But Pittsburgh and football should give you this wave of, like, football. But I kind of was like, "Mm, I'm a little disappointed by this. It's just kind of a football stadium. I think that's an interesting point that you make about, you know, you reminisce. You think about. You romanticize about, you know, the history of baseball, not necessarily football. Like, you don't think of the Ice Bowl, right, when you walk into Lambeau, or you don't think of the 2008 NFC Championship game or any number of historic games that have taken place at Lambeau. But, yeah, at Fenway Park, you think about Carlton Fisk, right, waving the home run. First thing that comes to your mind, yeah. You know, or the All-Star game, the Ted Williams moment in the late 90s. You know, or, you know, them winning the World Series any number of times in the last 15 years. Well, and the obvious difference with baseball, every field is different. Every football yeah, field looks exactly the same. You right. walk into yeah. Fenway and say, holy crap, that's the green monster. Mm-hmm. Wow. I, it's it's right there. I think that's a big part of it. All right. We got uh, off track from the Vikings quarterback situation and uh, we'll give some more takes. I think Teddy Bridgewater is the 2018 quarterback. So we're looking forward to 2018 in Minnesota sports. Any team is fine if you want to you think P.J. Fleck is making a bowl? Do you think that uh, they beat Wisconsin? And what is it, the axe? I'm still learning these things. They Paul the, Bunyan's axe. All right, yeah. Paul Bunyan's yeah. axe. I've heard about it. I don't know a whole lot about it, <laughs> yeah, even though right. that's my alma mater. And I'm a diehard college football fan, Gophers backer. I can be a little bit biased just because that is my alma mater. But, yeah, I've heard about this axe. Don't know a you whole just, lot about it, You just it, haven't though. seen it. Uh, 651 646 If you want to jump on, give your prediction for 2018 in Minnesota sports. Read some off Twitter. Talk more about the Vikings 2018 quarterback and playoffs. When we come back, Doogie and Collar in for Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd now continue. Come on. On 1500 ESPN. 1500 ESPN, visit St. Paul, the city of St. Paul and Wells Fargo. Invite you to experience Wells Fargo Winter Skate, a free outdoor artificially chilled ice skating rink in downtown St. Paul at Rice Park. It's open seven days a week. In the heart of the city, Winter Skate creates a fun winter experience for visitors of all ages. More details can be found at 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, events. All right, Doogie Collar and for Mackie and Judd today. And uh, we're talking about 2018 and what's going to happen in Minnesota sports. We were also talking about my first trip to Lambeau Field. And not that I didn't um, have a good time. It was cool to see one of the historic stadiums. It just didn't see, It didn't give you that sort of wave of aura feeling that I've had when I visited some past stadiums. Let's take a call on that from uh, John here. What's up, John? 
Well, I only have one comment on the stadiums. Um, the one stadium which I, and I have been to Fenway, but I haven't been to the other two you addressed. But the one I've been to many times, and it always astounds me, is the Rose Bowl. If you go oh, to a Rose yeah. Bowl game and you walk down to it and you walk into that stadium, you realize there is something special. And if you're on the west side, which means obviously you're looking east and you can see the San Gabriels, with the right day behind you in the Pacific, those all those uh, mountains turn red for about 90 seconds, uh, solid red, and then the sun goes down. And it is, there's absolutely no venue like that at all. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that's all I had to say. Thanks. Oh, no, that's great, John. No, that's Thanks. a great call, John. I mean, I've heard the same thing. Mm-hmm. This is going to sound goofy, weird, because I've had an opportunity to attend a Rose Bowl or two. I passed years ago. I made a declaration when I was 16, 17, 18, that the first time I stepped foot in the Rose Bowl will be when the Gophers play. You and Tim <laughs> Brewster. I've always said, there's two things I want to do when I head out to that direction. I want to party at the Playboy Mansion, which... I don't even know if it's still the Playboy Mansion after the passing of one Hugh Hefner, but I wanted to party at the Playboy Mansion, and I wanted to attend the Rose Bowl with the Gophers playing in said game. It'll happen one day, I'm convinced. So so we're talking about still Doogie, or is that just 18-year-old Doogie or 16-year-old No, that's Doogie? still me, yeah. <laughs> you still want to go to the yeah, Playboy and Mansion? and it won't be 2019 <laughs> if we're looking ahead to the 2019 Crystal Ball. We know they're not playing in the Rose Bowl in 2018, but maybe eventually. I think P.J. Fleck has this thing going in the right direction. Now, you could argue it was already going in the right direction. We had Jerry Kill on the show last week. Jerry had some choice words about Fleck and things going on right now. But I do believe, if you look at the recruiting class, any number of reasons, that Fleck has this thing moving in the right direction, playing in the Big Ten West. Now, eventually, my fear is the Big Ten says, whoa, we can't have Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State in the Big Ten East. They can't be in the same division. That We have to mix up the divisions. But as long as the Gophers are in the Big Ten West with Fleck leading the way, it might be two years from now, maybe three years. Maybe 2020 is more realistic. But I do think the Gophers have a fighting chance under Fleck to get to a Big Ten championship game. I will take my chances with that one game to then get to Pasadena. I'm and st- that's I'm when st- I will go to the Rose Bowl. I'm stuck on Not this before. idea that you as a teenager had laid out in your mind something as specific as that and that you remember that. Like that. Why? Well, because that's I, one that's not I mean, hard to forget. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that when I was uh, 16 or something, I was thinking, yeah, if the, I don't know, Bills make the Super Bowl, I'm going or something like that. If I had some sort of, or that I would remember it, I might have said something like that. But that it's amazing to me. Well, I mean, it's one thing to remember. So specific that is not only going to the Rose Bowl, but it also has to do with the Playboy Mansion. Yeah, well, yeah, that, that was one I concocted when I was at the other radio station with with a certain afternoon host that is still a dear friend to this day. That he used to play at a golf course right next to the Playboy Mansion. So I just said, "Hey, when the Gophers are out there, you're setting <laughs> that, it up. That you're going, yeah, with your connections." Forget my connections with your connections. We're finding a way to party at the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> no, I mean, it was one of my those connections. things that you just you don't forget. And I was reminded more than ever in 2014, had a guy's trip to Madison. The Gophers were up at Wisconsin late November, 17 to 3 at the half. If the Gophers had held on to win that game in Madison, the Gophers were going to the Big Ten Championship game. So they weren't that far off just a few years ago. So I was reminded, sitting there with some of my best friends, great guys trip that weekend. It was Thanksgiving weekend. 
So I headed to Madison right after Thanksgiving dinner on, well, more like a lunch on that Thursday afternoon. You know, spent like Thursday night, Friday, Saturday in Madison with my buddies. And yeah, I mean, so it was that close, Matthew. It was that close just <laughs> three years ago. The Gophers going to the Big Ten Championship mm-hmm. game. If you get there, take your chances. Win that game, then you get to the Rose Bowl. So yeah, I've thought about it, absolutely. I think um, when I was 18, I would have thought that the Buffalo Bills would have made the playoffs by now. Um, that would probably have been... I would have thought maybe... Um, they still have a chance this year, right? Yeah, the, you know, it's like a 20% chance. They've got to have a lot go uh, their way. Um, but that that, that, that is, a, is fascinating. I, because I might have said at that time that uh, I would uh, love to fill in guitar for Ozzy Osbourne or something. That would have been maybe mine at, at that age. Or uh, pitch for the Mets or something. I don't know. Um, real quick, because we've got uh, stuff you should know about coming up next. Just back to the Vikings 2018 quarterback conversation. I think the two things are connected of the big talkers for 2018 is how far are they going to go in the playoffs and who's their future quarterback. Mm-hmm. Because if Case Keenum takes them all the way to the Super Bowl, win or loss, I don't see how you could just move on from Case Keenum as your quarterback if the guy goes 20 for 25 with three touchdowns in an NFC championship game. Then you would have to say, even Mike Zimmer, who seems always a little reluctant to overpraise Case Keenum, you would have to say, all right, well, I guess the guy just has to be our quarterback if he can take us this far because a lot of the core of this team is going to be back next year that it's going to be basically the same team. When you look at all those contract situations, you can't find a guy that you say, oh, yeah, well, this guy's going to leave, and that's going to really take us down a notch, other than just being healthy. But it seems like it is a, a team that still continues to be sort of at its peak and will probably stay there. So if you have a quarterback who's good enough to get you to the Super Bowl, well, that's all you can ever ask for, really. I'm with you. And you're right. I mean, they are well-positioned. Rob Brzezinski has done a marvelous job putting them in – Good cap position. They will have a ton of cap space. But you're right. Kendricks, Barr, Diggs, Hunter. Then whether it's Keenum, Bridgewater. I don't see a scenario where Sam Bradford is back next year. So I think it's one of those two guys. I don't think it's Eli Manning or Tyrod Taylor or Kirk Cousins or some other outsider. I think it's one of two guys as the Vikings 2018 quarterback. But yeah, I mean, I don't see them going all in on a big-name free agent. I don't see them signing somebody to a Riley Reef-type contract. Joe Berger will likely retire. Draft a guy. Then you have Danny Isidore, or you draft a guy, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you've got some internal backups that have a chance to be starters. You know, so I don't think they will be uber-aggressive with outside free agents. They'll bring in a guy here or there, but they will not be uber-aggressive. They will be uber-aggressive re-signing their own guys. But yes, if Case Keenum takes them to the Super Bowl, it's a no-brainer. I guess where it gets dicey is January 13th or 14th, if the Rams come in here, Mm -hmm. the Rams win, Keenum stinks. If you look at that game and say, okay, Keenum was so bad, he's the singular reason why the Vikings are gone from the playoffs. He's the singular reason why the Vikings won't be the first team in NFL history to play in a Super Bowl in their own stadium. That's when it gets... You know, that's where it's a slippery slope, right? I mean, if Keenum stinks in that first playoff game and they lose, even if he stinks in that game, they win, then he gets them to the NFC Championship game, even if they lose to, say, the Saints in the NFC Championship game, but he plays relatively well, I still think you make a strong case, no pun intended, that Keenum is your guy in 2018. Yeah, or they could decide 
Like we've seen, we've gotten the best out of Case Keenum that we're ever going to get. And now it's time to go back to the guy that we always believed would be our franchise quarterback, which could be the way Mike Zimmer views it. And I think this entirely comes down to Mike Zimmer, that what he's done for this franchise this year, especially, I mean, the front office, for sure, they rebuilt a lot of the things that were weaknesses of last year, starting with the offensive line. But they also did it kind of in the vision of Zimmer who has dictated exactly what he wants on the roster. He doesn't go Mm -hmm. find the guys. He doesn't go watch tape of a Cincinnati Bengals player and say, oh, I want that guy. That's the job of the front office. But Rick Spielman told me this in an interview we did uh, at the the break, which, which is that Zimmer gives them the laundry list or the grocery list, and they go out and get the groceries. They find the best fit for what he wants at the right price. And if he wants Teddy Bridgewater, I think it'll probably be Teddy Bridgewater. A couple of quick comments from uh, Twitter before we take a break here. Uh, Some people think Teddy Bridgewater will not return, that he'll become a free agent and he'll end up playing quarterback for Miami or -hmm. something like that. Or, uh, I mean, uh, there are a number of teams that are on the table. The New York Jets Mm -hmm. are going to need a quarterback as well. Uh, The Cleveland Browns are going to need to have a quarterback Arizona yeah I mean there are a number of teams out there that will be interested Uh, another comment here and you might have a thought on this that Teddy is going to cost just as much as Case Keenum to bring back do you Hmm. think that's true no I don't but I don't think it will be as much a discount as many of us think I think Keenum is I mean it has to be Glennon type money right it has to be what the Bears gave yeah. the former Buccaneers quarterback. The Osweiler what, 15, type $16 million deal. Yeah. a year. Yeah. You know, so if Keenum's worth that, is Teddy half of that? Is he a little bit more than half of that? But is Teddy a $15 million a year quarterback moving forward? No. It might be one of those things. He was where on that path, but at this point, no. It's basically either short term with high guarantee or a little longer term with low guarantee Mm -hmm. because teams really just haven't seen him play outside of two throws. (laughs) And there's nothing you could take out of those two throws other than catch the ball. Michael Floyd uh, would be one of them. But uh, other than that, teams can't scout two throws and go, Oh yeah, he's good. Let's give him this a long-term deal. But if you gave him two years and 25 million guaranteed or something like that, so most of it's guaranteed, but it's a very short contract. That's an option. But I, you know, I'm not the salary cap wizard like the Vikings have. They seem to be able to find ways. I mean, you could always do a one year deal with a player option for the second year or the team option. There's a million different ways they could go with it. Uh, I think what it really comes down to is, whether Teddy wants to be in Minnesota, whether he wants to stay here, or if it's his dream to go play in his hometown in Miami and be the Dolphins quarterback. And that's not a guarantee that they move on from Ryan Tannehill, um, but they might be a team that was interested. They they were interested in mm-hmm. potentially having him as their quarterback this year when uh, Tannehill went down. The one last thought is re-signing Keenum to a short-term deal and then drafting a quarterback in the first round to be your future guy. And that, I mean, I think that's a long shot, but it's on the table, the potential of drafting a quarterback to be your future guy. If you think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to leave, it is a really good quarterback draft. You know, if you really have a strong opinion on Baker Mayfield of Oklahoma or Josh Allen of Wyoming, I don't think you're getting the USC quarterback or the UCLA quarterback, but you might be able to get any number of guys 
the guy at Oklahoma State is highly thought of as well. If you have a strong opinion on one of those guys. Lamar Jackson, too, is another option. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't know if there's a glaring need. I mean, you can always draft for depth, but I don't know if there's a glaring need in the first round. I mean, if you're well-positioned, sure. Why not? If you, felt I also like... don't think Case Keenum would take exception to that. I keep yeah. hearing that Case yeah. is at his best when he's looking over his shoulder. That Case embraces the pressure of the possibility. Now, I don't think you know Baker Mayfield would come in here. Case struggles in mid-September, and Mayfield is your quarterback by late September. But I'm just suggesting that I think Keenum strives when he's looking over his shoulder, feeling the pressure of, hey, my job is potentially at jeopardy. I I just I also think Zimmer, you know, I think there's something to be said about taking the temperature of the locker room. As beloved as Teddy Bridgewater is in that locker room, if Keenum does get them to the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl, I don't think you disrupt that locker room. What those guys feel about Case Keenum leading the way. So I still make Keenum 1A with Teddy 1B. I'm dismissing the chances of Sam Bradford being back next year. Yeah. And I am dismissing outsiders. I think it's one of two guys. You think it's Teddy. I think it's Keenum. But I don't think it's much beyond one of those two guys. I think outsiders is possible, the Eli Mannings of the world, if Case Keenum feels like, well, you guys should have reached out to me earlier then. I mean, because there's a report this week that they have not reached out to him in any way that is about a long-term deal. And he's a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder. I mean, he's not he like does. He, he doesn't he won't fight you in press conferences, but you could tell that it irritates him that he's always been so underrated mm-hmm. that he went undrafted despite all of his success in college and then uh was you know had those starting jobs taken away from him. So there's a chip on his shoulder. It's always possible that he might say, "Well, well, you guys had a chance and you didn't take it. So even though I got you to wherever in the playoffs, uh, you underrated me too, and now I'm going to go somewhere else and make more money. Then um, that's what makes this conversation so interesting to me is just that there are many different ways it could go. And I feel like with the outsiders, who wouldn't love to come into this situation? If you were Eli Manning and you've been dealing with that situation in New York with how their roster on offense and their coach were a disaster – wouldn't you look at this as a last shot to go, this looks just like my team that I won with. Great weapons, amazing defense, great coach. Like, this is a team I want to be on. And I would imagine if they're going to trade him that he'll dictate where he's going to be traded to. Um, so I, I'm still going to stick with Titty, Teddy as my uh, – <laughs> wow. Uh, as my uh, – Well, we were pick. talking about Sloan yeah. just a few yeah. seconds oh, ago. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm going to stick with Teddy Bridgewater as my – pick for who's the quarterback because I think it's Zimmer's guy and he wants to turn it over to Teddy, but there are many different ways it could go. I Um, will say this. I think another tentacle is the future of one Pat Shermer. Now, if Pat Shermer gets a head coaching job, I think Kevin Stefanski is this team's next offensive coordinator. I think they hire internally. They don't hire an outsider. You know, So maybe many elements of the offense would remain the same. But I do think there's something to be said about Case Keenum. You know, he's bounced around enough, right? Texans, Rams. Some stability here, Mm -hmm. the comfort of this offense, especially if Pat Shermer remains here. Now, I'm starting to think more and more Pat's going to get one of these jobs. There's just not that many sexy names. Yep. A month and a half ago, I thought, ah, the wave is to hire these young guns, right? Find the next Kyle Shanahan, Sean Mm -hmm. McVay, Adam Gaze, even though he's been a little bit of a failure in Miami. But find that young offensive mind. 
How many of those guys are out there? There's not many sexy names. So I'm starting to think more and more Pat Shermer gets one of these jobs, especially if what Kevin Seifert turns out to be true. Now, when he said 10 openings, the potential of 10 openings, it would seem like he'd land. That seems really high, like maybe five, six, maybe seven. But even if there's six openings, I like Pat Shermer's chances of getting one of those jobs. So if that job, if that situation needs a quarterback, if it happens to be Miami, for example, if Miami says, Adam, sorry, you went to the playoffs last year, but this year we just, we don't like what we see. Yep. You're done. Him and Jarvis Landry got into it on the sidelines over the weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, even though Jarvis won't be back in Miami next year. But Adam, sorry, you're done. We just don't see it. If the Dolphins, for example, hired Pat Shermer, why couldn't Case Keenum be the Dolphins quarterback next year? So that's where that's where it gets difficult for me to completely foresee the future. I'm rubbing those temples. I'm trying to figure this thing out. But I still think, you know, the Vikings have a good chance to win at least one playoff game, if not multiple playoff games. If they do, that Case Keenum is the Vikings 2018 quarterback. Uh, Dave, what do you got for us in uh, stuff we should know about? Uh, we'll, uh, we'll talk about a current, soon-to-be former NFL coach, a former, soon-to-be current NFL coach, maybe some more Freudian slips, and I want to get your thoughts <laughs> on the Bills getting hosed again against the Patriots. All right, Doogie and I will be back. In for Mackie and Judd. The Mackie and Judd Show rolls on. Finally. Finally. On 1500 ESPN. And stuff you should know about is sponsored by the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer. Ready for a bad cold and flu season? A cold is a cold, but flu brings fever. Be prepared with the Exogen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, backed by medical professionals everywhere. In sports, there's a lot of stuff you should simply be aware of. There was stuff going on that no one talked about. That's pretty heavy stuff. Let me show you some stuff. I don't do that stuff no more. This stuff can give you brain damage. And then there's the stuff you should know about. Lots of great stuff. This is the fun stuff. I love this stuff. Good stuff. Man, this stuff's good. This is that kind of stuff. I want to check that stuff out. Mackie and Judd now continues. This is very serious stuff we're talking about here. With stuff you should know about. All right, Dave, let's uh, let's get into stuff that everyone should know about. Uh, you, in particular, should know about. Yes, you being the royal you, if there is a royal you. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off for the guy from Buffalo. After review, the ruling on the field has been changed. It is an incomplete pass. Only fourth down and goal. The four and a half yard line. Got to be honest, I didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see enough there. Yeah, that was the Bills getting hosed on the Sunday against the uh, Patriots. Mike Pereira, Fox officiating guy, tweeting regarding the Buffalo no touchdown. Nothing more irritating than an official or to an official than making a great call than someone in a suit in office in New York incorrectly reverses it. More and more obvious that there isn't a standard for staying with the call on the field. Week three of what's a catch in a row. Big what's a catch decisions by the referees uh, changing the course of the season. I mean, really, uh, if Adam Thielen's catch in the end zone is ruled a catch, uh, they probably win that game. The Vikings do, and we might not even be talking about Carolina as a playoff team. And in that game, uh, I thought that Adam Thielen's catch, at least by the rule, the referees got it right. With the Kelvin Benjamin one, I was completely baffled. But I think what we can all agree on, every single football fan, we disagree on everything in sports. So the other day I tweeted that I wouldn't want Jameis Winston as my quarterback and got a flood of, oh, you'd rather have Bryce Petty or something. Like, okay, we can't agree on anything. Jameis Winston is not that good and is accused of things that no one would ever want to be accused of. 
and yet people defend him. So we could fight about almost anything. What everyone agrees on outside of the general Boston area is that the Patriots play by a different set of rules in the <laughs> National Football League. They have a di- they have a different set of rules. Like even in that game, I watched that game. Tyrod Taylor throws the ball one, two, and some guy plows him. No flag. We saw Case Keenum get hit in the face by a flying paw from some defensive tackle. No penalty. The one thing I think every single football fan that it does not cheer for the Patriots can agree, they have different rules than everyone else does. That's why I was shocked when Gronk went Jimmy Superfly Snook on that one bill game. a few weeks ago. I was shocked he even got one game. If though. he pulled out a machete and cut the guy's leg off, it would have been one game for the Patriots. <laughs> it's, it is. It really is. Like I hate to be. I don't like to be conspiracy. I don't like to be that person. I don't like to say, hey, remember the frozen envelope or even Rogers. Like everyone, oh, they get away with holding all the time. Yeah, maybe I guess, but I don't see it any different than any other game. The Patriots are the one where you go, every call goes their way all the time. And I think the only reason Roger Goodell took Deflategate all the way was just to try and make people think that they don't play by a different set of rules, but they won the Super Bowl anyway. That should be the fear of Vikings fans, right? Early February, Vikings-Patriots in the Super Bowl. The Patriots having the officials on their side. The Vikings can have the home crowd on their side, but the Patriots having the refs on their side. Yeah, I mean, I typically, to me, it's whatever is called on the field usually stands. So in the case of the Benjamin non-touchdown, it was ruled a touchdown. I didn't see anything to suggest it wasn't a touchdown. But I, who knows, on a week-to-week basis. I mean, yesterday... DeAndre Hopkins made what could be the catch of the year. Great catch. It was a touchdown late in the Steelers' victory over the Texans. At the time, I thought, I don't know. Is that a catch? Is that not a catch? It was ruled a touchdown, right? So I thought, okay, it was ruled a touchdown. It'll stick as a touchdown. Mm -hmm. So that's why it was shocking that when the Benjamin catch was ruled a touchdown, they actually overturned it, even though it was the Patriots. Love the inner uh, Buffalo guy coming out of you whenever possible, Collar. Uh, what do you think of these two uh, pro, uh, pro football coaching nuggets? Hub Arkish, Pro Football Weekly, saying Bruce Arians and the Cardinals agreeing to part ways probably next week. And uh, Ian Rappaport reporting John Gruden apparently calling his old assistants to see who's interested in getting the band back together. Apparently, he's thinking, hmm, you know, I could go back to Tampa when Dirk Cutter gets the axe. Well, I've seen a ton of people come out and say that the Arians report isn't true, but I don't know. It's not true today. If you had to guess this time next week, wouldn't you guess that the Arizona job is open? Or maybe not this time next week, this time in two weeks or three weeks? I was figuring that. I was figuring that he would step down, but yeah, I don't know. Hub Arkish... Like, uh, kind of a guy from the past. What, he doesn't report a lot. Usually your Schefters and Lock on Foras, those are basically press releases. Like, those are just facts as soon as they come out. But, and this is a guy that doesn't have a, a whole lot of recent reports. So that kind of seems strange. Maybe, and although then, Bruce has been around forever. Hub yeah, has been around yeah. forever. There might be a personal connection there. But the, the flood of people saying that's not happening. Uh, the Gruden thing, let me know when it happens. I'm so tired of talking about mm-hmm. John Gruden being a head coach of someone. Where's Chip? Why isn't uh, he at Tennessee, right? <laughs> Wasn't he connected to Tennessee? He was supposedly in a restaurant 
Somebody saw him in a restaurant, but then yeah, he wasn't Knoxville. in the restaurant. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, this is the in the restaurant, it's like one of the popular restaurants in the Knoxville area. Had to go to social media to say, whoa, sorry. Right. We apologize. It's kind of like, um, for a while, that was Bill Cower. Oh, Cower retired. He's coming back. He's coming. And eventually, we just all let it go. If you're Gruden, I mean, maybe he's got the itch. But why put yourself through that when you could just, I mean, I, they do prep. But when you could show up and just talk about football and be a happy man. It, Correct. It, I mean, he's making a comfortable seven figures oh, yeah. as an analyst. Yeah. I think he's like their highest paid guy. Yeah. I mean, keep rolling with the ESPN thing. Now, he does make his home in Tampa. But I, mean, mm. I guess if you're trying to connect logical dots, if there was one opening that would appeal to him. Mm-hmm. It would be Tampa. Yeah. I think it would be Tampa. I do think Dirk Cutter is out. So I'm sure Tampa will try. But I'm with you. You know, just alert me when he says yes. Otherwise, I'm sick of the game. Yeah, I'm tired of the weekly. Where is John Gruden? Mm-hmm. Where in the world is uh, is John Gruden? And you know what? Here's my here's my hot broadcasting take. I Uh-oh. know. I know. Is this Zolgad like? Just like with John Madden, there's stick. There's the Madden boom. You know, I was uh, I just you know you watch the Nature Channel and see two Rams run into each other and you'll do the Madden like look at them boom. There's two Rams running into each other. Uh, so yeah, there's the shtick with Gruden. Overall, I like him. And the quarterback things that he does before the draft where he brings him in, shows him tape, breaks stuff down. It's amazing to watch. It's I think it's the best thing that you can watch because it feels like it takes you inside of the draft room that, that what they're actually going to ask those guys. And his hour-long special that he did with Favre was incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, as a broadcaster, I really like the guy. That's it. That, that, that's the take. Well, we got to go. Okay. We got to take a break. All, All right. right. I'll, uh, Collar and Doogie. In for uh, Mackie and Judd today. Phil Mackey, Judd Zogad. Don't you like to see these two blood Absolutely. Oh, yeah. scumbags going after each other? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Okay, we'll have Charles McDonald in a couple of minutes from Football Outsiders. Uh, he's at Four Verts on Twitter, Four Verticals, I assume that refers to. And uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter and great for breaking down the game. So we're going to talk uh, NFC playoff picture with him. I enjoyed this tweet. So we're also talking about 2018 and the future of Minnesota sports for for next year as we end the 2017 year. And um, this one came in. Andrew Wiggins will literally lay down on the court and take a nap (laughs) mid-game. That is a 2018 sports prediction. Um, Doogie, I wish I could have some sort of uh, angle to combat the Wiggins wave of uh, disdain. I really got nothing. I watch it. I watch him play and I see the same things that everybody else does that make them just not like Andrew Wiggins. I know it appears that he lacks a killer gene, an alpha dog gene. I still come back to the idea to the point that he is 22 years old. Like last night, Kyle Kuzma was fantastic for the Lakers, right? This rookie out of the University of Utah falls to the late 20s. Looks like the steal of the draft. He looks like he will be a stud for a number of years. Wiggins is only a couple months older than Kyle Kuzma. Mm. So Kuzma's in his rookie year. Wiggins is in his fourth year. If you don't see that killer gene develop, cultivate, whatever, in the coming years, you can actually still trade his contract. Now, on face value, you may not get back equal value, but it's not one of those contracts that's impossible to move. You know, that's what a lot of people say when he got the $150 million extension. 
what are you doing? You know, like you can't move him. Yeah, they could. The Raptors would love to have Andrew Wiggins. Other teams would love to have Andrew Wiggins. You know, so it's not the worst contract imaginable. To me, there's no such thing as a bad contract if you can trade it. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. The College Football Playoff Committee made their decision on Sunday, and as much as I loathe the idea of Ohio State losing their way into the college football playoff, I 100% agree with OSU making it in over Bama. Nick Saban citing some hypothetical point spreads to prove his point that the tie deserve a spot in the college football playoffs holds little substance when you consider Bama's best win is over Texas. No, the committee got it right. TCU had a great season with far more ranked wins than Bama and didn't deserve to lose their spot after playing a surging Kansas State in a championship game. And Ohio State, while not playing some of their best ball later in the season, was still 12-0 until they came face-to-face with my Wolverines. While the college football playoff system isn't nowhere near as good as it could be, it's better than what we had. And in a few years, it will be better for all of college football. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. And don't forget BetOnline for the NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.